welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. I just want to share um, a few thoughts this morning around uh, forgiveness. Uh, this was something that uh, the Lord had been putting on my heart um, probably about two weeks ago, to, to share this. And it kind of, I, I guess, is one of the things that comes out of understanding God's love for us and understanding, uh, and like last week we talked about thankfulness as being one of those things that sort of flows when we understand how much God loves for us. There's this, this gratitude and, and sense of thankfulness and appreciation for who He is and for what He's done that, that just naturally kind of flows from that. And I think uh, forgiveness is also one of the, the things that Scripture talks about when we understand that God has forgiven us, that out of His great love for us and out of His uh, undeserved grace towards us and favour towards us that He chooses to forgive all of our sins, to, to no longer hold things against us, then Scripture says that what should uh, be the, I guess, something that, that flows out of that is that we should also have this heart that wants to forgive others. And Jesus told this story, you might remember this story about the, the unforgiving debtor. Uh, do you remember that one? It was a guy who owed millions of dollars to, to his master and, and there was no way he could pay it back and he was on the, the brink of being thrown in prison and he, he begged for mercy uh, and, and f- from, from his master and his master just forgave the debt, just wiped it off, uh, this, this massive debt that he owed. But the same guy then went out uh, and, and found somebody that owed him a few hundred dollars and, uh, and, and demanded to be repaid. Uh, and uh, when the guy acted very much as, as the, the first guy had, he said that, look, I can't pay, you know, you know and, and just begged for mercy, for, for ask for more time. And the guy refused and, and threw him into prison. And the king was really angry about this, that this, this man who had had this debt of millions of dollars, this, this massive debt that he'd been owed had just been wiped off and that, you know, he, he turned around and was, was unforgiving uh, towards someone else in his life. And so I, I want to just kind of share a few thoughts. We'll try to keep it brief this morning. Um, uh, we, we just uh, wanted to make time for what the Holy Spirit just wanted to do here in our midst this morning, and I trust that, um, that He's been working and speaking in your heart and your life. But I just really, um, I, I want to share these things and I think that they probably in, in many ways will add to what God's already been speaking to us this morning. I want to share a few scriptures. Um, firstly, be, uh, about God's forgiveness to us. Now, I don't, I don't need to probably uh, spend too much time uh, in kind of teaching mode this morning because I think we've probably got a fairly good handle on God's forgiveness for us, or that, that God does forgive us. But a couple of quick scriptures I want to share. This one's from Psalm 103, and, uh, and I just love this, this passage, uh, verses 8 to 14. I want to share this with you. So this is Psalm 103, verses 8 to 14. It says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. 
He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For His unfailing love toward those who fear Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who fear Him. For He knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Isn't that a great passage of Scripture? I, whenever you, you talk to someone and they, they're talking about how the, the God of the Old Testament is all angry and, and vindictive and New Testament God is love, point them to this passage of Scripture, will you? <laughs> the, the, the idea of God as being loving, compassionate, full of grace, mercy, wanting to forgive is not a New Testament concept. This is God from beginning to end, isn't it? First uh, John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Amen. That is a powerful scripture right there. God has forgiven us when we came to Jesus. And, and when, we, you know, when, when we do, when we come and we confess, we come not with a, not with a, you know, a wishful sort of, you know, I, I, I really hope that you know, if I do all the right steps and you know, act repentant enough that God will forgive me again for this thing that I've done this time. But when we come to God and we, we talk about the, the times that we've slipped up, the times that we've fallen, the times that we've stumbled. You know, in Luke 17, uh, uh, Jesus is talking and it says it's impossible that stumbling blocks will not come to you. He's basically saying, you know, uh, offences will come, mistakes will happen, you'll mess up. <laughs> There'll be times when you do the wrong thing. Um, you know, but we have this amazing confidence in Jesus that, you know, that our sin is forgiven and that He restores and He picks us up and He puts us back uh, in, in right relationship with Him and He brings healing and restoration. And I think for some of us, this is what God has been saying this morning, He's been kind of identifying some areas and going, hey, there's this, this thing that's been in your life that you know, I want to I take out and I want to deal with and I want to get rid of because I want to bring healing, because I want to bring restoration. I'm not about just bringing condemnation for the sake of bringing condemnation, but when I bring conviction, it is because I want restoration. When I bring conviction through the power of my Spirit at work in you is because I want you to be holy. I want you to be restored. I want you to be a people who uh, live and demonstrate my goodness in the world. I want you to be people who represent me and my faithfulness and my goodness and my mercy and my compassion. This is the whole, the, the, the reason why we have so much stuff in Scripture that says, here is how I want you to live as children of the light. This is how I want you to behave towards one another. This is how I want you to, to, to demonstrate your faith. This is how I want you to show uh, show people your relationship with your father this is how i want you to show love and care and compassion and forgiveness and mercy and grace because in doing so you reflect the god whose name you carry 
And so when we understand that God is a forgiving God, that God is a, a, a Father who just who longs for the opportunity to wipe the slate clean, who longs for the opportunity to restore and to heal and to make things right, then we begin to understand that as carriers of His name, as ambassadors for Jesus, as, as representatives of Christ in the world, as His hands and His feet, that we have also this responsibility to be people who forgive that we are people of grace and that we live and exist in communities of grace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through to 15 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you remember and this is where he ties it back into what we've received he says remember the lord forgave you so you must forgive others above all clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. It's interesting when you start looking at scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, that talk about forgiveness. It's really interesting to note how often us forgiving others is tied into or or is spoken about as a result of because God has forgiven you. Look at this one in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. It's talking about, uh, 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 get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That kind of sounds very similar to that passage in Colossians, doesn't it? And it's this whole idea where, where Paul again and again talks about putting off what we used to be, letting go and, and walking away and, and changing from the kind of behavior that we used to exhibit as worldly, selfish people who lived apart from God. He says, you're not that anymore. Don't act and don't live, don't behave like you, you're still in that place because you're not there anymore. You've been transformed. You've been made a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. He says, put off the old and put on the new. And sometimes we just kind of, we want that to be something that happens automatically, don't we? Sometimes we want that to be something that God just does and we just carry on our merry way doing whatever we feel inspired to do at the moment and God will just do this work within us that's somehow separate from our will and somehow separate from our choices. But again and again, Scripture tells us you have this responsibility to put off the old and put on the new. In every situation, we have a choice about whether we will uh, respond like our old self or our new recreated heavenly in Jesus self. It doesn't change who we are, but we have an opportunity how to act in that moment, don't we? And so Paul encourages and he urges us and he exhorts us and he says, put off the old, don't live that way anymore. 
Don't hold on to, to, to bitterness. Don't hold on to anger. Don't, you know, f- forget the, the harsh words and the slander, the, the, the gossip and the back talk. You know, all of that stuff, that, that's who you used to be. He said, instead, be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Proverbs 17, verse 9. says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. How many of you know, or how many of you have had a relationship in your life that has been broken uh, because of unforgiveness? I think probably, probably most of us could say there's been you know moments or relationships or people in our life where there's been hurt and and whatever for whatever reason like I'm going to talk about some of the reasons in a minute but um, for whatever reason it was at that time we weren't able to forgive and and you know this this is so true this these words of Solomon in Proverbs he says dwelling on a on a fault, on a hurt, on what someone's done to you, separates friendships. It destroys friendships. Scripture talks about um, uh, two aspects of, of our life. It talks about our, the, the vertical and the horizontal. You've probably heard this kind of picture talked about before, this, this, this idea. The, the vertical being our relationship between us and God and the horizontal being how we relate to people in the church, in the world, in our life, families, friends, workmates, that sort of thing. And in forgiveness, we see this same kind of concept being coming. We have this forgiveness that comes from God to us, that's the vertical, and the, the forgiveness that we show to one another is this, this sort of horizontal sort of thing. And when we... Often, often we just we want to really focus on that vertical sort of relationship, don't we? Often we want to, you know, we're, we're quite happy to accept that God forgives us. That's great. There's not really too many downsides to that. <laughs> and we want to live in that place where it's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's me and Jesus and as long as I'm okay with Jesus, it doesn't matter what other things are going on. The, the problem is that, that, that Jesus says, you know, because I've forgiven you, I want you to be kind to my kids as well. And as, as, as his representatives, as, as his ambassadors on earth, what does it say to people who don't know God when we refuse to forgive? If people are looking at us and seeing, well, this is, this is Christians, this is, you know, you're, you represent the, the God that you talk about, the God that you follow... And when people look at us and if they see unforgiveness in us, what they, what they understand, what they perceive, the message that they receive out of that is that your God won't forgive me. Now, there are many reasons why we struggle with forgiveness. There are many reasons why at times we choose not to forgive. And I've just got a few uh, examples here of some that I thought of. You might be able to think of others, I'm not sure, but um, here's, here's some of the ones that I came up with. Number one, I want them to suffer. 
<laughs> this is very unchristlike. It's very unscriptural. It's very. Uh... But how, sometimes we feel that way, don't we? Somebody hurts us, somebody wrongs us, and we think, well, I want them to suffer. <laughs> I want to make them pay. The, the weird thing is that us refusing to forgive somebody often doesn't make them suffer all that much. Often we're the ones that end up suffering. You've probably heard the, the little saying um, about unforgiveness being the poison that you drink hoping that the other person will die. So we, we harbour, you know, unforgiveness and we, you know, against this person as if somehow depriving them of having us in our life is some great punishment that they'll never recover from. <laughs> maybe, maybe for some of us that's more true than others, I don't know. But, but unforgiveness tends to only result in hurting ourselves more than the person that we are angry with. Second reason... They don't deserve forgiveness. <laughs> also, in many, many cases, true. The, the problem is that, that we also didn't deserve forgiveness. You know, if we're talking about we only forgive people who deserve to be forgiven, then there's probably not going to be a whole lot of forgiveness floating around. The person who hurt you or wronged you may be completely unrepentant. They, they may not come and apologize to you. They may not come and admit that they were in the wrong. How many times does that happen? We have some sort of Barney or conflict or disagreement with somebody and, and neither of us recognizes that we're in the wrong. It's like we're both convinced that we're right. And how do we, how do we move forward from that um, when, when that person is, is unrepentant? Maybe the sin is too great. Maybe the wrong is too severe. There are some things that are really hard to forgive, aren't there? There are some hurts that cause deep, deep wounds. And maybe that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. Third reason... I'll get hurt again. Sometimes it's hard to forgive because we feel like if we forgive, that that is going to tell that person that what they did was okay and we're going to, you know, we, forgiving means, you know, letting that person back into our life and giving them an opportunity to hurt us all over again. And sometimes it feels like it's just easier just to shut down, to, to put up the walls, to close the doors keep everybody out, keep everybody away and we won't be hurt again. We, we often hear that little adage, you know, we talk about, you know, forgive and forget. And sometimes I think, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a bit of a, a fear that we have that if we forgive and, if, and forget, that, um, that, that what that means is pretending that that thing never happened. And it's interesting because as we, as we look in Scripture uh, and we begin to, 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 to as you do, your, do your research and start to read up and, and find out what Scripture talks about, uh, forgiveness, 
there's, there's not a lot of mention about forgive and forget. There's not a lot of mention about, you know, acting like what that person did didn't happen or, or those sorts of things. We can, we can choose not to hold on to hurt while being wise about what kind of relationships we, we have in the future with that person. Now, it, it's a really tricky one because sometimes it's, it's difficult to kind of straddle that line, I guess, or to, to find that balance between genuinely forgiving because sometimes we, we still we, we say, oh yeah, I've forgiven the person, but um, we, we still keep them away. We still keep them at arm's length. We still, there's still things that we're, we're holding on to and still things that kind of come back to our minds again and again and again. That hurt, that wrong comes back into our mind again and again. So this, I, what, what I would suggest is, you know, what, praying and talking about it, having healthy boundaries. And we, we're not suggesting that people who um, have perhaps come out of abusive relationships just go straight back into them. We would probably say that, that that's may, maybe not wise. But that doesn't mean that we can't genuinely and truly forgive that person and move on with our life and not be held back in that place of experiencing that hurt over and over again. The fourth reason why sometimes we struggle to forgive or choose not to forgive is this fear that we won't get justice. That justice means that person ought to be punished for what they did in whatever way or sense that it might be. And if I forgive that person, then we won't get justice. I won't get justice for the wrong that was done against me. They won't, they won't get what's coming to them. <laughs> But forgiveness is often about trusting God for our justice. It's about giving up my right to see them punished for a crime that maybe they, they did, maybe they deserve that punishment, maybe they deserve whatever it is that's coming to them. But I give up my right to see that come and I put it in God's hands. And I say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to let you be the judge. But you know, this is, this is sometimes a, a, a tricky place for us because we know what kind of God we have, don't we? Now, this was part of the problem that Jonah had and part of the reason why he didn't want to go and preach to the city of Nineveh. Uh, and he said it himself. He said, God, I knew this was going to happen. I knew if I went over there and, you know, that you were going to be merciful. And they don't deserve your mercy, God. They deserve fire and brimstone from the sky, turning them all to dust. <laughs> this was Jonah's attitude, wasn't it? He said, God, I knew this was going to happen. They deserve punishment, and yet in your grace, you forgive. And sometimes to us, that seems unfair. But forgiveness means that we let God deal with justice. We let God be the judge. And we understand that we are not qualified to be the judge 
which is difficult sometimes. Sometimes we really want to sit in judgment over people, don't we? Well, maybe. Particularly people that have hurt us. And we want to judge that and we want to judge them. But we need to be willing to let go of that and let God judge. Here's a few, here's a few steps. This is from an article that I read and I thought this was really fantastic. But some steps about how to forgive. Because sometimes forgiving, even though we understand that it's what Christ commands us to do, even though we know it's what God wants us to do, even though we know it's what we're supposed to do, as, as children of God, it's not always easy, is it? So here's some steps to forgiveness. Number one, sort out how you feel. When you're hurt, the emotions that you feel are real. I'm sounding like a counsellor now. <laughs> how do you feel? <laughs> I do live with one. I know the terminology. But rather than doing what some of us more than... I mean, we all have different ways that we deal with emotions, don't we? Some of us just want to like push them back down because we don't want them getting out. And some of us just want to like blurt them all over everybody who's within earshot. <laughs> no. But rather, you know, sometimes rather than, you know, just letting them go willy-nilly or, or hiding them away and stuffing them down and, and pretending they don't exist, um, what we actually need to do is process how we feel in a healthy way. Rather than just pretending that everything's fine, um, process what you're feeling. Write them down, you know, pray about them, journal, talk to somebody that you trust. Um, I know a really good counsellor, if you're looking for one. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a great counsellor. But sort out how you feel. Number two, own your part. It's pretty rare that one party is 100% in the wrong. <laughs> We know the old little, little saying, it takes two to tango, often, and we can probably look at a situation, and even though maybe we didn't initiate it, you know, perhaps we need to go, okay, maybe I escalated that by not responding in the best way. You know, maybe there was, there was a part, you know, even though it might only be a small part, <laughs> and they're mostly in the wrong, but we're going to own that bit, however small and teensy-weensy it might be. <laughs> however reasonable it might seem um, to have responded in that way, um, take some time to quietly and honestly reflect on how you contributed to the wrong and confess it. And, you know, in doing so, sometimes that can even help us find some empathy for the person who wronged us. Number three, make a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. We can choose to forgive regardless of, of how we might feel. And it, it, we, we can decide intentionally what we're going to do. And often we don't forgive because we choose not to. We choose to hold on to that. We choose to, you know, for some of those reasons that we listed before, we choose not to forgive. We hang on to whatever we won't release. So make a decision to forgive Number four, don't wait for the offender to say sorry. 
it might never happen. You might wait forever. (laughs) Forgiveness is as much about your heart as it is about theirs. They might not never apologise for what they did. They might not never, uh, sorry, they might not ever acknowledge their part to play or that they were wrong in any way. Friends can become former friends and even enemies, which is one of the reasons why Jesus taught us to love our enemies. It takes grace, takes humility and it takes strength to forgive someone who has wronged us, particularly when they haven't acknowledged that hurt, when they haven't acknowledged that they've done anything wrong. But don't wait. And number five, don't let it go until you can wish them well. Real forgiveness is not just something that you just go, oh yeah, I forgive. You know, it's a process, isn't it? And, and the deeper the hurt, often the, the more times that we have to kind of come around to that point of being willing to forgive all over again. You know how you can tell when you've really forgiven someone? When you can wish them well. And if you can't, keep working on it. Keep, keep praying about it, keep talking about it with, with God, keep processing, keep working through, why do I feel? Why is this so hard? What is it that I'm hanging on to and can't let go? And eventually we get to the point where we can release them. And in the process, we realise that we've also released ourselves from bitterness, from resentment, from anger. But here's one of the great things. You know, God promises to help us in these situations. You know, sometimes it can be quite easy to forgive. It can be easy to overlook certain things. Other times it can be really difficult. Other times those deep wounds, those, those, those times when we've, we feel like we've been betrayed by somebody who was close to us, It can be really hard to forgive. But God promises to help us. And His Holy Spirit will give us the strength to do these things. In um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, um, Paul's talking about his, his thorn in the flesh that was sent to keep him humble. And he prayed to God to take it away. And you remember God's response? my grace is enough my grace is sufficient it says my grace in in a new living translation it says my grace is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness do you know what that means it means when we find something difficult that's actually a good thing because it means that we have to turn to god And we have to turn to God and ask for His help and acknowledge that we aren't capable of doing it all on our own. And so Paul says, he says, I'll celebrate my weaknesses 
For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. And Philippians 4.13, which for some of you is a, is a life scripture, it's a life verse, uh, one that you go to often, it says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And maybe there are moments in your life when you're, you're, you're wrestling with this kind of unforgiveness that you need to come back to this verse and you need to personalise it. And you need to put somebody's name into that verse and you need to say, for I can forgive Joe Bloggs through Christ who gives me strength. I can get over... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you, you put that person's name in there and you go, I can forgive this person through Christ... Not, not just of my own strength, not just through my own willpower or determination, but through Christ at work in me because He gives me strength and He helps me to do what I'm not able to do on my own. God promises to help when it's hard, when it hurts, when it doesn't seem fair when it seems like that person just hurt me and they're just getting away with it. God, why aren't you getting them? We come back to that and he says, I will help you to let go of that. I will help you to move on. I will help you to forgive. I will help you to not let this come between me and him. Isn't that good? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a forgiving God. Lord, we thank you that you have forgiven our sin when we didn't deserve it. That you didn't wait for us to come and say sorry, but you sought us out and you chased us down and, and you, you, you rescued us and you gave us uh, your forgiveness. You gave us new life and you restored us from, from death. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for that forgiveness that you freely gave through your son, Jesus. And we receive that. We receive that forgiveness. We thank you that you have transformed, that all of our sin is wiped away. As far as the east is from the west, that psalmist wrote, so our sin from us. When we stand before you, we are spotless. That your word says we are white as we are made clean, we are washed. Father, we thank you that you forgive us. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to be forgiving people That's, that, that choose to overlook things, choose to overlook uh, things that we could grab onto, offenses and hurts and, and mistakes that others make. Lord, that you would help us to be forgiving people. Lord, even those, even those deep hurts, even those, those things where people have really wronged us, Lord, we pray that you would help us to be people who don't hang on to hurts of the past. People who trust you to be the ultimate judge, the ultimate bringer of justice. Lord, that we don't need to seek that out for ourselves or try to make it happen but God, we can trust that into your hands. That we can let go of those things and move forward in our, in our relationship with you. Move forward in loving people. 
move forward in, in being bearers of your name and ambassadors for you and who you are into our world, into our city. Lord, I pray that you would help us to become known as people who forgive. Lord, you challenge us to do this. You call us to do this through your word and through your spirit at work in us. Lord, I pray for each one of us here that you would be helping us to identify any areas of unforgiveness that we might be holding on to. Lord, some of them have just been part of our life for such a long time that, that we have to really stop and think about it. It's almost just, it's just part of the landscape of our life. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be giving us uh, discernment, that you would give us new eyes to see that that doesn't have to be part of that landscape. That doesn't have to be part of our life. Lord, we thank you that you are the chain breaker, that you are the one who sets us free. And Holy Spirit, right now, we pray that you would help us to break those chains of unforgiveness in our life, that you would help us to be set free from anything that would hold us back in our relationship with you and our relationship with others. Lord, break down those walls that we've put up around ourselves. Lord, help us to, to, to step out and, and in faith and in, in confidence in you, Lord, to, 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 to trust again. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the healing that you bring. We pray that you would do this work in us and in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.